Hi, welcome to the Way to Wellness podcast. I'm Angela Shack, and I'll be your host today. And this is part of our series of 10 tips in 10 minutes or less. Our topic today, I think, is of special interest as we go into the fall season, because fall season always reminds me of baking. And with baking, there's going to be sugar. So I wanted to talk a little bit about sugar and find some healthy alternatives so that you can go into the fall season and do all the baking you would like in a healthier way. I just did a blog on this also, and it's titled, How Can Sugar Be Bad When It Tastes So Good? We know it's delicious, but we also know that sugar has been a bit of a problem, and a lot of it has to do with the amount of sugar that folks are eating. Of course, if you've been around as long as I have, there are foods that have all had their moment in time to be the villain, from beef to breads to salt, fats were a culprit a while back, and now sugar. Of course, consumers are now being warned about the dangers of too much sugar. And we really can't blame sugar itself. We really have to take a look at what are the choices that we're making about what we eat and how much we're eating. There have been times when food companies have had to make changes to accommodate the American palate. According to the New Hampshire Department of Health and Human Services, 200 years ago, the average American ate only two pounds of sugar a year. In 1970, Americans were eating about 123 pounds of sugar on average per year. And today, the average American consumes almost 152 pounds of sugar each year. This is equal to three pounds or six cups of sugar in one week. There's plenty of research out to show that too much sugar in the diet has contributed to a number of health issues. We've seen a rise in diabetes, heart disease, and obesity, just to name a few. I'm not doing this podcast to harp on the ills of sugar. As a wellness practitioner, my objective is to help folks find ways to make the desired changes. And of course, desire is the key factor. As with any change in behavior, one has to really be committed to making the changes in order to really stick to it long enough to make a difference. Back in January of this year, I actually wrote a blog on steps to change habits or create new habits. It was based on a book by James Clear. I would recommend that you either listen to the blog from January or check out his book to find out a little bit more about that four-step process. In addition to the four steps that may help you manage your sugar-eating habits, there's a couple of things about sugar that are important to know. First, sugar has been found to have drug-like effects on the reward center of the brain, and it can produce an addiction-like reaction. So when you're making changes, you'll need to make sure that they are slow and steady. That way you'll be able to manage any cravings that might come up. Secondly, do your homework. Sugar is hidden in the labeling of many foods because there are so many different names for sugars. Some lists have 56 or more. 
You can find a number of lists online. I like the one by Healthline, uh, which I've listed in the blog if you're interested. And this doesn't even take into account the artificial sweeteners that have moved into the villain seat now. But I will say that one thing experts do agree on is to eat foods that have natural sugars, like those that occur in fruits, vegetables, and dairy products. It's also recommended to avoid or minimize any added sugars, which are the ones that have been removed from their original source and added to foods. The World Health Organization recommends that we restrict our added sugar to 25 grams, which is about six teaspoons a day. This will help us to maintain our health and not have the side effects of too much sugar. Your body treats the sugar in fruit quite differently compared to how it treats sugar, which has been added to food like tomato sauces or fruit juices. This is according to Cleo McLeod, who is an accredited dietitian. The advantage of eating foods that naturally have sugar, which is often labeled as fructose or lactose in dairy products, is that these foods also have other benefits such as fiber or extra vitamins and sometimes antioxidants. So you're getting more bang for your buck, so to speak, when you're eating fruits and vegetables and the dairy that have naturally occurring sugars along with the other benefits. If you are looking for healthier options, monk fruit and stevia are also popular alternatives to sugar. Both monk fruit and stevia come from plants and are commonly used to sweeten many foods and drinks. One of the benefits of these sweeteners is that they are about 200 times sweeter than sugar, but they have very few calories. Monk fruit extract and stevia also contain no carbohydrates, no fats, and of course no sugar. Studies show that monk fruit sweeteners don't affect the blood sugar levels the same way that ordinary table sugar does. These sugar alternatives will provide a healthier option for people, especially those with diabetes. And you can cook with these products, but you have to make some adjustments. So that's something you'll have to read up on if you decide to do some baking with these products. They're available in most grocery stores and natural food stores. But once again, read the labels to make sure there's not additional ingredients added to these products as well. As I mentioned earlier, there is a vast amount of information on this subject, and this just touches on a few of the important considerations about sugar consumption. So to maintain good health, I think it is important to take a look at this topic and maybe take an inventory of the amount of sugar that you're consuming in a day or a week. This may help you decide if you need to make some adjustments in your diet. And remember, eat well to stay well. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you'll tune in again to another Way to Wellness podcast. 